Ah, man, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. And, of course, the top 20 if you're watching on StrangerHood TV and on YouTube. Uh, It is uh, approximately noon on uh, September 28th, 2023. How is everybody doing? Uh, Sorry, the chat is already upset. Uh, I don't hear the song that's playing. Uh, So I don't know what song it is to let play. Uh, Because a lot of times it's, uh, you know, you could give me a heads up, man. You could totally give me a heads up. Be like, yo, could you just wait till the song's over? And then I'll wait till the song's over. I've got nowhere to be, clearly. (laughs) But to be fair, I don't know. That's why I I don't know when I'm not transmitting. So (laughs) feel free to give me a heads up at any time you want to give me a heads up. I'm hearing landscapers. This is a good time. This is a good time for me. Uh, to be fair, or no, full uh, transactional honesty, I am in a fair amount of abdominal pain um, on my left side. It does not feel like a kidney stone, uh, but it is still possible because I did just have that procedure a few weeks ago. It's a little late for it to be. Uh, those remnants. Isn't remnants a great word, by the way? But it's a little late to be those remnants. I feel like it's more uh, gastrointestinal. Um, but it is affecting my ability to breathe. <laughs> so if I sound winded, that's why I can't take full deep breaths. And as a singer that's been practicing that for the better part of two decades, uh, it's a weird state to not, to not uh, breathe. I know breathing's important to everybody, but to me... But also, uh, so I'm probably going to keep the top 20 even short. Uh, I might, I might make the top 20 short today, just so I can avoid big expenditures of just trying to breathe, <laughs> because uh, nobody wants to hear me gasping for air, except people that don't like me. So basically, the majority of the audience, I would imagine. Uh, we do have some things to talk about. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Ukraine. Uh, and some things that I think are getting lost in the mix with people. I want to get to that. I want to talk about the Neon Skyline show this past Saturday uh, and some observations that I had for that. I also want to severely critique the party planners for only having uh, Miller Lite there. Like, dude. That's my own personal And I have a problem with White Claw. Malt liquor in, malt, malt liquor in general just tends to move my machinery along, if you know what I mean, so I didn't want any of that, but um, I have stuff from that, and then uh, I guess we can just sort of get to a little bit of housekeeping. There is a brand new Top 20 out today. I have really just got back into answering comments. I have been so busy and so behind on so many things that I just it fell by the wayside. I actually do, um, uh, I try and do like some like the Wordle and Worldle and those kinds of games. I try and do them every day. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's like my daughter does them all the time and I like being part of that mix. Uh, and I just feel like I I haven't even gotten to that. And that's, 
as dumb as that sounds, it's super important to me to do those things. And I haven't even gotten there. So I'm sorry. Uh, it's mainly Bill that leaves comments. I, I will get there. Bill always makes really good points. Honestly, they're probably better points than anything I've said in this show. So if you actually want to hop up on StrangerHood TV and just read Bill's comments, they're probably going to give you more than the top 20 ever will. But I do try and at least read. I, do, I try and at least read what he says because it's usually poignant and it's information that either he's just agreeing with me on. So it's kind of uh, it's um, making... What's the word I'm looking for? It's like strengthening my own opinion. Or he raises ancillary ones. On occasion, he'll actually raise somewhat opposing points, which I love even more because, like, the thing that people just aren't really getting in this country is that, like, you can still learn, and it's good to learn, and people like me like to learn. That's generally speaking what makes me better than most people in the talking headosphere because they're just talking about uh, what they want to talk about. Oh, and that's also something I wanted to mention. I did happen to catch the Rachel Maddow interview with Cass- Cassidy? No, Casey Cassidy Hutchinson. Is that her name? I'm drawing such a blank. I could not recommend it more, and I'll get into why I think that that is important too. But yeah, let's get to uh, get to those. There's a new top twenty out. Sorry, yeah, my breathing is just really super shallow. I can't. I'm trying to like elongate my torso, so it's not such a problem, but. I'm doing my best. It's uh, it's the mental health health boost. Do I have this right? I hope so. Who knows, honestly. Um, I might have grabbed or written the wrong one, but honestly, I don't know. Um, 914. What's today? <laughs> 928. Yeah. So 914 would be out on 921. Yeah. yeah. So it's the mental health boost. Talk about the good things in life. Also, uh, popping sounds. Lobsters, carrots, and Bugs Bunny, obviously. Um, so check that out. Uh, I, I strongly recommend doing that. Uh, there's a bunch of Strangerhood content. Uh, also, the next show for the for Rebel Nine and the local Sandbox here is going to be at 10:27. Uh, that's a Friday, October 27th, just before Halloween. It's going to be at uh, Mr. Beery's. The lineup has been finalized. It's going to be Misfit Saints. And if you don't know who they they are, it's Carly and Mickey from Midnight Mob. They've rebranded a new band, and they're Misfit Saints. Uh, it's going to be Born of Scars, who you'll know, like Pete and Victoria, are like the main staples of there. Like anybody that used to go to KJ's for karaoke night knows Victoria. Uh, Rebel Nine, of course, is going to be there. We're going to be closing the show. But also, Bacon is my passion. If you were there Saturday night to catch the Neon Skyline, you actually got a glimpse of what Bacon is my passion looks like. We've probably all heard it because we've played it on this show before. But I don't know that anybody's ever seen it live including me and it's going to be a full band version from what mike and jimmy are gonna uh, mike and jimmy have been telling me so i don't know that it's a once in a lifetime kind of event maybe not but i do know it is not something that i have seen i mean i think the last time i heard about even a bacon is my passion sort of show i think matt was still alive so yeah so um and I'm not super, like, promote, like, get down there or you'll miss it forever. Like, honestly, at this point in my career, I just don't care anymore. I can't. I can't care anymore. It's just way too hard on me. Uh, but I will try and point out when I think something is worth checking out. And I think this is worth checking out because, yeah, like, when, you know, like, when we've done, like, some of those medleys and we've been like, this is, like, really the only time you're ever going to see something like this. When we did the diaries, we did all, all six songs in the diaries and medley. Uh, we did that 80s medley, like, that kind of stuff, like... When you're when you see stuff like that, and I tell you, like, yeah, this is not something we're going to do very often or at all ever. Like, that's that's kind of this. So I think the bacon is my passion uh, performance. I think is going to be something worth seeing because it's not something you can just up and see unless they decide to go full on with the band. But they've both got their own bands and they're kind of full time on the podcast at this point. So I just 
I don't know. I'm I'm only letting you know so you know. So that's that's that. Um, I don't know where I wanted to start. I mean, we could talk about Ukraine, but maybe we should just keep local. And it, there are other local shows going on. I do mean local to our particular sandbox. Like I think Jake's got a show this coming week <clears throat> out at 89 North, but I don't know any of the other bands off the top of my head. And I'm definitely getting tired of trying to drag in other bands from other areas. I just keep getting turned down or just otherwise jerked around. So it's just not necessarily worth it. I am going to start working uh, for 2024 specifically with a couple bands that I've wanted to work with. And then we'll build the dates that way instead of going the other way, which is building a date and then trying to get bands on. I don't think I want to do that anymore. I'm tired of doing it for everybody. Like, it just let, let other people do it for me. Like, let other people invite me on a show. And then we'll kind of see how that goes. Because... Like I think, I think I had said like last time the way it's shaping up. Like we have not been asked to be on a single show all year, and that's not only does it suck for me like professionally, but like that's not good for the band. But it's also like, what is that saying? Like, like I'm putting on other shows. <laughs> like I'm inviting people on and not getting invited onto theirs. Like that's yeah, I don't I don't want to keep doing that. Like it's it's too much work, and honestly, I don't I don't have the I don't have the conceit arrogance or confidence in my own whatever anymore like i just you know i feel those things and i'm tired of feeling them. so i think i'm probably just going to stop doing that so i'll be building shows if i'm going to play if i'm going to do it at all i'm going to be building shows with some sort of intention like that uh, later on and we'll just sort of see how that goes so there are other local shows is my point uh but yeah let's talk neon skyline because i thought it was actually a really really good performance it's a really nice place i talked to joey afterwards he was not happy about some of the stuff that was going down administratively at the place. Uh, and I did tell him, like, in an uncharacteristic way, which is awesome because sometimes I can be this person when I'm not necessarily, when I don't necessarily have skin in the game, right? Like, I didn't have I didn't have anything I was promoting. I wasn't, you know, there to be Rebel 9. I was literally there because I feel like I'm a functioning member of the scene and it's important for me to go to some of these shows if I can make them. I can't make them all. So when I can, it's important for me to go to those shows. Plus, most of the bands in there are like my personal friends. It's important for me to go and support those things and yada, yada, yada. Um, but uh, it was good because since I didn't have any skin in the particular game, I was able to just offer up some quick perspective and I did tell him, I was like, listen, man, what you did here was really great. It was really hard. Um, it, you know, it was, it was a it, you did something new, like kind of off the beaten path. You put it all together. You assembled all the bands. Everyone delivered, as far as I can tell. I don't know what the metrics and the goals were, but it looked like a, a good, solid show. And on top of it, they performed really well to a very satisfied audience. Yeah, maybe the beginning was a little rough. Maybe the end, uh, everybody getting ushered out was a little rough. Like, but. That's not the stuff that people are going to really walk away from. You know, I think it was a good show. I think people enjoyed themselves. And I think you got a really good taste of um, the Neon Skyline and the new music that they were putting out, which, of course, is the entire purpose. And I know that... Um, so uh, so I, I have an insight into this, because when Joey first started planning this, I, I had... You know, I've already done the Diaries live, right? Like that was that was what we did last year. We rented out a soundstage, and you know, we did drinks and food included and stuff like that. Like we did all of this already. So when Joey and I were first talking about it, Joey was at that show, so he got a he got a taste of like what it's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to feel like, and all that other stuff. And then we sort of talked about like costs and expenses and some pitfalls that maybe 
you know, me when I'm running stuff, I'm not going to announce to everybody, but like, going, oh, this is bad, this is bad. Like, I'll tell my friends and stuff, like, if they ask, like, this, watch out for this. And we definitely had those conversations. So at the end of the show, when I went to actually not even congratulate him on the EP and the band's performance, like, it really wasn't any of that. It was literally like, as somebody that's put on a show that's very difficult at least one time in his life, I wanted to tell you. I thought you did a good job doing this. And he was definitely upset. He was mad about the odor. And I was just like, hey, man, just take a breath, take a beat, and just think about the really cool thing you just did. And I think it might have helped. I, I know he heard me, so maybe maybe it helped. But it was funny because I am not that person when I'm involved in the show. Like, it's these people didn't show up. My band did this. or You know what I mean? Like, there's, other, there's so many other factors involved in when you're in a show. But, like, when you're just going to be there and you can just be... Maybe not impartial, but you can be like, hey, man, this is what I saw, and I thought it was good. I, you know, I was happy to be able to convey that to him, and I was, I want to say surprised, but I know I have the capacity, but I guess I was glad to see that I can still do that, uh, you know, for my own humanity. So, I mean, if I'm blowing smoke up my own ass, then who cares? That's what I'm doing. Uh, I just, I thought it was a nice moment for all parties involved, and all parties involved were basically just me and Joey. <laughs> but I do think it was a good show. I think everybody enjoyed themselves. I think Craving did a really good job. I do think it was really funny that they went to say it all, and Jimmy was like, this is going to be a little shorter version of that. Like, I'm still laughing at that a little bit. Because <laughs> now Jimmy has, like, really sort of harnessed the, the breakdown and say it all to basically, you know, give his I have a dream speech at any given show. And so it was like, well, I'm not going to do that today. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're not. You're on a clock, man. So I knew the bands had to be done by, like, 11. So, like... And the you know the show ran a little bit late, but like it was it was pretty on point. It's amazing it's amazing how on time you can be when you have to be out of a building by a certain time. <laughs> anyway, it was nice to see everybody. It looked like everybody had a good time. It was a nice and simple place. It's it's good to not be in a bar all the time. Like I mean, yeah, I mean there's drinks and stuff like that, but it was it was clean. Like the bathrooms were nice, you know. So. It might be something we consider going forward. I know I've been toying with maybe, you know, stepping away from Beery's, uh, going to, like, the Village Pub, but I don't know. I think if we can do it, the, the problem is the cost of these sound stages really ramps up the cost of the ticket, and that that's a tough one. Like, when we did the diaries, like, the way we did it and how we did it and the hours that we needed, it was really, really expensive. Plus, we had the added expense of recording a live record. Like, we had people... We had, like, everybody that was there saw, like, there were people there act actively recording it. There were people shooting video for it, because when all is said and done, like, it's going to be a live record. It's going to be a live video for another mistake, and it's going to be, it might end up being a little small documentary about Rebel 9 and kind of, like, where we're at now. Like, I don't, I don't know that we're going to do that, because honestly, and this, this is not self-deprecating at all, I don't think people care enough, honestly, about the band at this point I just I just don't and I'm sorry if, if I don't mean to insult anybody I just don't think people care enough about the band at this point that it warrants a documentary about the band um, I could change my mind on that but we'll we'll see we'll see later on but uh, um, so like the expense of that it was like it's a big deal it's a big nut and when we when it was just us like we didn't ask like we had Sam open I didn't ask her to sell any tickets so it was really just us and it turned out to be a very bad weekend for a lot of graduation parties and we got kind of screwed by that so like I learned stuff and maybe it's a possibility going forward and maybe we'll do stuff like that in the future but I don't know I really I, I like the idea of it I like the idea of the whole thing it was a very comfortable show it was a very chill show like I liked all of that um, so 
I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll talk to Joe. Maybe it's something we'll do later on, uh, or not. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't know that I care, honestly, at this point. But maybe by next year I will. Um, so I did want to take just a quick second. I wanted to take a lot longer to talk about uh, Ukraine because I think it's something that I just want people to know, especially because a lot of people that are like-minded with me, um, you know, are 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 definitely down for supporting of Ukraine. And I think most of that is because people that are like-minded with me are seeing something that's wrong in the world. And that that's not the least of it, right? Like, for all the talking points and all the other stuff, like, nobody really, except Russia, nobody really disagrees or, or you know, is not disputing. Nobody's disputing that Russia invaded a sovereign nation. Now, Russia says... Ukrainians were like trying to overflow, overflow, overthrow Russia, and they were doing some. I would argue that if Ukraine was really trying to do that, they would have done it already. They didn't. They can't. They don't have the capability. Without, without the you know influx of cash and weapons from the Western world, they really have. They would, they would have been crushed already. They, they have an amazing spirit because it's incredible what you can do when you're defending your homeland for sure. But I think they would have been crushed if, if it wasn't for the Western world stepping in. So I think we all agree. I think the problem is, is that a lot of people are like, it's not our problem. Okay. And this is funny because like, I, I see, like I very rarely on social media anymore, other than to just change my cover, fo- cover photo. But I saw today, it's like, it was a picture of the United States and some douche was like, this is where my, you know, this is where my tax dollars should go. And it's like, yeah, I understand that. If you're a selfish cunt, that's exactly where they should go. But like it's, it, to me, it basically just, it's, it saves me the money of having to administer you an IQ test, right? Because I know how, you know, it's one of two things. Either you're a complete moron and you just don't understand how international geopolitics work, which is okay. You don't have to understand how they work, but to make a statement like that is the part that makes you a complete moron. But the more dangerous thing is that the people that know what it is and know why, you know, it's important. And they say to not step in and help Ukraine. Those are the ones that are dangerous. And the reason I know that is because history repeats itself. And I have read and studied a lot of history. And we're not even talking about a lot of really far away history. I mean, just for starters. I mean, the whole period before World War I, our isolationist period is called our isolationist period. We tried to just rein everything in and just focus on America. And you know what happened? World War I happened. Right now, we were not the superpower yet. I mean, we were well on our way, but we weren't really the superpower that we were going to become. Our last war before that really was the Spanish-American War with the sinking of USS Maine and Cuba, and we demolished them. We did, we destroyed them, and we became a major player. And we were like, well, let's not spend all of our money on that, and we became very isolationist. And then World War One happened, and then we had to enter it eventually, and that was way more costly. You guys remember, like, the war to end all wars? Like, that's kind of a big deal. Like, that's a big phrase that has stuck for a hundred years. It is a big deal. It was a big investment in time and manpower and resources and lives and all that, right? And that's the cost of isolating. Uh, even as more recently, when we kind of like hands off the Middle East there for a little while, kind of in the late 1990s, remember Clinton was getting, well, you probably don't, but Clinton was getting a lot of crap from a lot of Republicans for like stepping into like all these camps that were going on like in Sudan and Afghanistan and 
Yemen and stuff like that. And they wanted to pull back. They didn't want us dragged into something like that. Everybody was afraid of, you know, getting into a, you know, like another Vietnam or whatever and all that other stuff. Like, we had done the, the, the first Gulf War and it was a little, you know, okay, we smacked them back into place. By the way, a Republican knew that when Iraq invaded Kuwait, we just needed to knock them back in, kind of like a Russian invading Ukraine, but that's neither here nor there. But the last time we started being a little bit more isolated like that, we've got 3,000 people killed in New York City because we weren't paying attention because we weren't using our global influence properly. So that was the last time. But I will tell you, the time in the middle that becomes the most important, and this is where history repeating itself kind of comes in. If you want to follow and you are interested in this, like I want you to do some serious Googling. And I know that that's not research, but it's so obvious and so readily available that you can do that anyway. If you want to do that, what you do is you, you Google pre-World War II, America, Nazis, and America First. And the whole America First movement, which still exists today, by the way, they were the ones that did not want to get involved in what was going on in Europe. They kept saying, like, it's let's just put America first. Let's just do what we wanted. Like, let's take care of us. Let's take care of our people. Let's do all these things. But, like, let's not involve ourselves so much in what's going on in Europe. And the reason they were doing that on its face is because we want to be just more pro-American about us. But the actual reason they were doing that, and they have documents to prove it now because they've been released, is because they were pro-Nazis. And they were fine with it. They had absolutely no problem with a strong Germany and a strong Hitler taking over most of Europe because they wanted to be allies with them. They thought the Germans had the right thing, and they didn't really care so much about the extermination of the Jews, the Poles, and the Russians. They didn't. They, they thought a strong Germany would make for a good ally. And they also happened to be anti-Semitic as F, so it seemed like it was going to be a good idea. And if you don't believe me, like, that's really fine. Like... I'm right, so I don't need you to believe me. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're t we talk about sometimes, like, these objective truths. Things are just true whether you believe them or not. You don't need to believe it. I don't need to believe it. It happens to be true. You know, the earth goes around the sun. Believe it or not, changes nothing. People in the American fir America First movement, the, the conservative wing of the political parties in pre-World War II America were pro-Nazis. They had Nazis on payroll. They were reading Nazi propaganda on the floor of the House and the Senate. This is all true. It's all knowable. You can Google it if you want. Rachel Maddow has a really, really good project uh, uh, podcast called Ultra. I think it's like a six-episode podcast. They'll tell you absolutely everything you need to know. And the reason it's important is because it's exactly what's going on now. If you see somebody that is anti-Ukraine and truly does not believe we should be putting any resources or any money into defending a country that just got invaded by another country then you're either completely incapable of understanding geopolitics or you're pro-Putin. So take a look around you and see who's saying what. See why they're saying it. Because Ukraine's an important place. It's the breadbasket of Europe. Gas runs through there. Pipelines run through there. Oil. Like I said, like wheat, food. It's huge. It is super important. It's also bordering all of the NATO countries right there. And if you think pulling out right now and just letting that fall and letting Russia have Ukraine is going to satisfy somebody like Putin, you're terribly mistaken. And the very next thing that's going to happen is Putin is going to take on one of those NATO countries. And guess what the articles of NATO say? If they so much as attack Poland once, we are at war with Russia. It's the treaty. 
we signed it in good faith. They attack Sweden. They attack Finland. They attack Norway. They attack any of those NATO countries. They attack Germany. We're at war. We're at World War Three. So would you rather ship money and weapons that we have in the defense budget? We're not pulling this money out of our ass. It's already allocated for in the defense budgets. We're just moving it to Ukraine instead of moving it to Okinawa or whatever, or buying another F-16. So if you think it makes more sense to just put our head in the sand while this happens and just wait for when we're at another world war and we have people that get drafted to be in this war, or we have intercontinental ballistic missiles that are hitting our shores because that's how that goes. That's how war is. You ever see war games? It's that. But Matthew Broadwick is way older now. And that's that's unfortunate. So think about that. As you see people talking their nonsense straight out of their ass, try and figure out what it is they're trying to say. Are they just stupid and don't understand? Like, then you can educate them. Maybe. But are they being malicious about this? Do you think it's a good idea that Russia invaded Ukraine? Probably. That bothers me. That bothers me a lot. I would almost become a prophet of rage about it if I just didn't have that song up.